Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With Tesco, where you won't pay more for the products that matter most to you. Tesco, every little helps. Now, on Friday's show, uh, we uh, heard from the outgoing Vice President of Client Support within Dell's Global Support and Deployment Organisation. That's a very big job, by the way, and occupied by a man from Newcastle West, Dennis Kelly, and uh, I believe he had a, a great retirement uh, celebration at uh, Thoman Park Stadium on Friday evening. And he had very interesting things uh, to say about Dell, but also things that he's passionate about as a Limerick man and things he'd like to maybe make a contribution to uh, now and uh, one of the things he spoke to me about was the future of Shannon Airport. Since 2012 as you know we took ownership locally of the airport however the devil is in the detail since 2012 if you do a compare to 2018 the passenger numbers going through Shannon have increased by 460,000 in that period the passenger numbers going through Dublin Airport has increased by 12.4 million. Now, just before anybody loses the run of themselves and blames government and blames everybody else, if you look at that in percentage terms, the growth of Dublin Airport, is uh, the growth of Shannon is less than 4% of the total of Dublin Airport. So for me, the DAA in Dublin Airport are doing an incredibly good job, and we as a region, quite frankly, are asleep at the wheel. And I do take the point that there are regional disparities between the level of economic growth per capita between Dublin and the rest of the country. But to my mind, that is not an excuse. In fact, Joe, the first quarter numbers this year show shows a further decrease in Shannon of 5%. And I've spoken to some of my peers locally in the industry in the last two weeks. I believe industry, all of us as business leaders, needs to, need to step up right from Tralee to Galway in terms of an international hub within the EU post-Brexit. But I think we have to have better ideas than that, bigger ideas than that, because to drive passenger numbers, we need to not knock DA or Dublin. We need to salute them and understand what they've done to drive these numbers. Right, some of the very interesting things uh, that Dennis Kelly, Limerick man and a very senior figure in Dell globally, had to say to me in an interview on Friday morning. Uh, Dee Ryan is the chief executive of Limerick Chamber, representing business uh, across Limerick, and she's with me in the studio. And good morning to you, uh, Dee. Well, sometimes it's hard to hear somebody speaking as honestly and frankly as that, uh, but this is a man with huge experience internationally in a very big organisation mm-hmm. and also. Also, as he said himself, I know a thing or two about airports because I've travelled through them over many, many years all over the world. What do you think of what he had to say? Well, first of all, well done. It was a fantastic interview on Friday morning. I really enjoyed it. And I've met Dennis many times and he is really impressive. He's a very impressive person um, and I don't think he even fully realises himself how much he brings to bear his global perspective and his global experience and looks at our situation here in the Midwest from that uh, from that standpoint and it's of tremendous benefit to us in the Midwest to have leaders like that um, in our midst and I'm delighted that Dennis is uh, one of the key members of our strategic partner group, um, our corporate partner group in Limerick Chamber and it was at his behest and other similar um, leaders of uh, huge employers in the region who are operating global roles. 
it was at their behest that we commissioned the report that we did from Copenhagen Economics because they were blue in the face from speaking to um, our political leaders about the importance of it, and as were we, and not having the evidence to back up our claims that we know that the 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 proximity to an international airport is a key growth enabler for our regional economy. And what has happened now as a result of that aviation report? So we launched the Aviation Impact Report, Impact Assessment, um, in Dublin the week before last. We had an opportunity actually to meet with the Minister for Transport, Shane Ross, and to present the report personally to him and to request that he and his officials review it and respond to us, and, and that's ongoing at the moment. We've also had uh, an opportunity to brief Oireachtas members from Clare, Galway, Tipperary and Limerick on the findings of the report and the recommendations of the report. And we got a great turnout to that Oireachtas member briefing. I have to say it was a really good session. It was um, There was no media in the room for that part of, of the morning. And we had some very direct and frank uh, comments from the Oireachtas members. And we were able to give them what we know, the facts that we've established and, uh, and the outline, the recommendations from the report. So there's definitely growing political awareness and... Um, and interest in the in Shannon Airport and its importance for the region. Right, and then last week in the wake of the budget, my understanding was that there was a commitment given to release money to Shannon Airport. Is that right? Absolutely. Well, what's happened um, as a result of the budget, and we're waiting for the detail now uh, to come out from the Department of Transport, but uh, um, the Taoiseach c- confirmed in the Dáil on Wednesday that there is an a fund of 2.5 million made available for 2020, which will grow to 10 million over the coming years. And that's for new route development. And it's a competitive fund. And so the diff- and it's open to Shannon and to Cork Airport to apply for. In the past, and one of the main um, issues that we've highlighted in our report is that in the past, the government has strangely treated privately owned airports and state-owned airports differently. So under the regional airports programme, um, airports like Knock and Kerry can apply for funding for capital expenditure, for things like getting a new runway put down or for upgrades to security machinery. And Cork and Shannon airports and Dublin airport have been locked out of that. Um, the reason that the government have given us for this in the past is that regional airports are state-owned and those two regional airports are state-owned and therefore to be state aid. But we established through our report with Copenhagen Economics from the European uh, Commission that no, if an airport, whether it's state-owned or privately owned, has passenger numbers of under 3 million, it's entitled to funding from the government. So okay, we're so, so working on that. So the Taoiseach is saying that there is a competitive fund available that Shannon will have to fight for it just like the other airports which brings us right back to Dennis Kelly's Mm -hmm. comment doesn't it Mm -hmm. that we should be studying and applauding what Dublin Airport has done instead of being negative about it. Absolutely and I wouldn't be I wouldn't be critical of the performance of the DAA. The DAA have done an amazing job. They have been a key driver of the recovery for our national economy and you know they are run like a business they are competitive and they are they are they're hungry and they're winning business all the time fair play to them what our report highlights however is that in the context of the network of airports around the country and the ability to uh, to to 
enable growth in different regions in the, com- in the country, not just on the East Coast, that the government should be looking at aligning business development policy with aviation policy. At the moment, we only look at aviation policy through the lens of tourism. That's the only industry that we look at it through. And we failed to make this connection that actually airports have a significance beyond just aviation, uh, beyond just tourism industry. They're enablers for all of our uh, business and foreign uh, direct investments and all of our uh, indigenous local businesses who are trading internationally. Dennis, comparison there between growth at Shannon um, and where we were in Shannon as to where we are now um, and also growth in Dublin. Does that worry you? I think Dennis has done a great job of highlighting the challenge um, that's in front of us. I mean, he mentioned that Dublin Airport has grown by 12.4 million in the period since Shannon got its separation and Shannon's uh, figures have grown by 460 thousand in the same period but the figure that we didn't have and it's important he said himself it had come back from the peak though it was on the way back i think the important context here is uh, for for that comparison is to look at how cork airport did so in the same period up until the end of 2018 cork airport grew by just over fifty thousand. so if you were to you know it put your if you're looking at it the managing director of cork airport was uh, in touch with us last week um complaining about some of the things that had been said by people on this show about Cork Airport versus Shannon Airport and saying that they are the number two airport in the country now. And Cork Airport is having a great year this year. They've done their their best numbers in record year this year. But up until the end of 2018, their new uh, their growth was, as I'm stating, just over 50,000. And the point for illustrating it is not to be negative at all about Cork because the report that we commissioned from Copenhagen Economics can be used just as much for Cork Airport as for Kerry as for Knock. It's about investing in regional airports in order to grow your regional economy. Um, Cork Airport has remained under the management of the DAA and one of the things that's come at us uh, quite a bit since we released this report is the question of whether or not Shannon should have stayed within uh, the management of the DAA and I would have to say if you look at the the growth, passenger growth numbers, I think that you'd have to say, no, they've done well uh, paddling their own canoe. Right, we'll wait and see. Um, every piece of movement on this is going to be absolutely vital for the region and for Shannon Airport itself uh, over the next few months. Uh, we're chatting to D. Ryan, who's the Chief Executive of Limerick Chamber, and something else I want to raise that Dennis Kelly um, of Dell raised with us in his interview on Friday was University Hospital Limerick, the trolley numbers there, and what could be done by business and by business models to help. The trolley issue is ultimately the voice of failure of a sum of a lot of other issues. And I cringe like every other Limerick person when I turn on the news at night and the trolley number is at 82. We're at the peak. But fundamentally, without understanding, as I just spoke about on Shannon, the data, it's impossible, and I impossible to pinpoint what is going to change that. We've seen multiple organisation changes. We've seen lots of what I would call spray and pray mentality. So here's what I would say we need to do. The first thing is we need to define the problem. What is the problem? That can only be defined with data. And in simple terms, in layman terms, if we look going forward, because there's little value in looking back, and we look at the first month of next year, January, I don't know whether this exists or not. Is there a forecast as to the demand based on previous years as to how many people will present themselves in the University Hospital Limerick per hour? Is there a capacity plan aligned to that demand? And bearing in mind the two of those and the execution, what should we expect 
in terms of the total capacity of people being on trolleys each day. Now, I've spoken to a number of people, business leaders, who have data scientists. We have incredibly good academic institutions here. The variables associated with this, Joe, in other words, the, the differences that exist in all of those areas are not that many in the context of what we deal with every day. The predictive modelling that can be done, and I'm not saying that anybody should do the job of the HSC, but we should be using the data that we have to create an expectation of what we should experience. You can hear the passion there from Dennis Kelly and you can hear that full podcast, by the way, at live95.ie in the Limerick Today podcast section. Um, uh, Limerick man with a lot of experience and uh, we're talking to D. Ryan, who's the Chief Executive of Limerick Chamber about this. He also made the point as someone involved in international business, and again it goes back to what you were saying earlier about not looking at Channel Airport just through the prism of tourism but in the wider community and business uh, as well, that it's an issue for bringing in further business to Limerick because they look at everything including for their families of people working there and execs and the like and they're seeing the problem at the UHL and that's a difficulty. It's on their radar when they're looking at where to invest. So can the business community help with trolley numbers at UHL or not? Well, absolutely, Joe. As you said there, you know, um, skills shortage and talent attraction um, to companies in the region is the number one challenge for these companies at the moment. And uh, when someone is choosing to move to an area, they're looking at the whole package. They're looking at schools and universities for education for their children and for themselves. And they're looking at quality of life, of course, healthcare and uh, availability of Good healthcare is a, is a key feature in that, and you know you heard and with as Jenna said in his interview with you that he's putting together a small group of business leaders in the region to see if they can tackle this problem, and if anyone can do it, I can tell you, uh, uh, Dennis Kelly and that group can because they have technology and they have um, uh, awareness of how to uh, to model but the I data. I hear to, people within the health service saying. We respect Dennis Kelly and we respect business people in Limerick, but when it comes to healthcare and the emergency department, they really don't have anything to contribute. It's a completely different area. Well, I, I'm sure that uh, that there's absolute scope and room for them to contribute. I mean, it is, it is a, it's all down to data, Joe. You know, if we can compile the data of um, of what's been happening at the hospital over the last number of years and model that to forecast what it's going to be in the future, then perhaps we can put some supports around predicting uh, what the peak capacity requirements are going to be, when they're going to be, and apply pressure to our local uh, public representatives to see if they can support us in, in delivering uh, safety and improved healthcare for Limerick people. Okay, uh, briefly, because we've talked to you about this in detail before, uh, Dee, but we had Ty Carney in here last week as the O'Connell Street revitalisation plan controversy rumbles on and he talks about a lack of vision in the plan and that he and others within the Limerick City Business Forum were not satisfied um, and also said that he was critical of Limerick Chamber uh, for unequivocally um, agreeing to it. Well, of course, it would be very familiar with Tig, and he's a former president of the chamber, and the uh, and in fact, uh, some of uh, the people who are involved in his group were, would also be members of the chamber. But the chamber took a different approach on this occasion from Tig, and our view is that of the 450 member organisations represent supporting 50,000 jobs in the region, and that is that Limerick City and the success of a city at the heart of a thri- of the Midwest regional economy is crucial, and we want to move forward 
forward in achieving that aim. The plans that were on the table for the uh, for the upgrade of O'Connell Street, which would allow for a greater pedestrian priority and for uh, pedestrian use at times, were perfectly acceptable to us and um, if uh, the out- outcome of the transport uh, strategy is that one of the two lanes that is proposed should be used as public transport we have no problem with that we're also promoting a green agenda where people need to move on using more public transport so um, I-, I also just w- you know want to take a just just to push back a little bit on some of the messaging that I've heard which is that um, the councillors the metropolitan area councillors were press ganged into this almost and they were forced to take a decision with very little time, little information that is absolutely incorrect. Um, the Of this of the 19 metropolitan area councillors who um, voted, they had a number of weeks to consider um, what was in front of them. They met with a number of groups, including ourselves. They heard all of our submissions. They listened to their constituents. They, you know, they took uh, a decision in the round and the majority of them, 16 out of the 19, voted in approval of this. It was democracy being exercised correctly. Okay. All right. Thank you very much for all of that. Uh, all of these issues will have a big impact on you and your children and your grandchildren um, uh, believe me uh, thank you very much for talking to us again this morning Dean Ryan who's Chief Executive of Limerick Chamber Call Limerick today now on 461995